Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Week 12 of the college football season is up on us, dear friends. And once again, I'm Paul Stone. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 78 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. And I'm using a simple, to-the-point one word title this week, November. And the reason I use this month as the podcast succinct title is this. November is really a unique month for those of us who handicap the two major college sports. A lot of stuff going on, and I'll, I'll kind of go over the, the elements that I'm I'm talking about and that I look at. In football, first of all, there's injuries. You know, a number of players are out for the year by this time. Most teams have played 10 games uh, as we approach, uh, you know, a week before Thanksgiving. So a number of players out for the year. Others are, you know, just battling the aches and pains that, that come along with a long season. They're still playing. They, they're at something less than 100%. Uh, certainly might not even be in the newspaper or in the media or uh, – anywhere else for that matter, but it just comes with the territory. So they're dealing with aches and pains and just the wear and tear of a long football season. And then, you know, some of those guys are, you know, probable, questionable, doubtful, day-to-day, and everything in between. Now, obviously, one of the challenges that we face as college football handicappers is the fact that despite the proliferation of sports betting now available legally, uh, in more than 30 states and growing, college football programs are not required to submit an injury report similar to the requirements of the NFL. So the coaches are able to control the narrative. They are able to, uh, you know, play the uh, game to their advantage, which all of us would probably do if placed in their position. But it does make it difficult for us in the handicapping sphere to kind of figure out who's going to play and who's not going to play. But frankly, it's part of the art of handicapping, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves and and, and trying to figure out uh, who might uh, play and who might not play and and so forth and so on. From a football perspective, uh, November can also mean inclement or adverse weather conditions in many areas of the country. Uh, If you remember, and as I record, this is a point of reference, it's Wednesday, November 16th, just a couple of minutes after 7 p.m. Central. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was week 10 of the college football season, the first Saturday in November, many areas of the country, especially in the Midwest, we saw high winds. 
uh, coupled in some cases with rain, uh, which impacted a number of games, again, throughout the Midwest. Uh, so that that's a big uh, part of the handicapping process in the month of November is weather. You know, it turns cold in a lot, uh, a lot of parts of the country, uh, and there's wind when there's cold sometimes. You have warm weather teams going to play November football games in cold weather climates, uh, and just all those types of dynamics are present in the handicapping of November college football. And then there's the start of another sport, college basketball. College basketball started in earnest a little over a week ago on Monday, November 7th, and they kick it off in a big way, kicked it off with more than 100 games on the slate. So we now have the two major sports in college athletics intersecting. You know, handicappers who tackle both sports have to decide at this point, you know, how to allot their finite uh, amount of time, if you will. You know, how are they going to approach and divide their energies between the two sports? Uh, do we jump into college basketball headfirst, you know, and try to give both sports uh, the proper amount of handicapping attention? Or do we just kind of slightly dip our toes into college basketball, you know, in the first few weeks, getting a feel for the teams while still devoting the majority of our handicapping time and focus to college football? Or do we simply wait to some point later in the season to even enter the college basketball fray? Or for that matter, you know, on the other hand, do we cut back on our commitment to college football uh, and shift much of our attention to early season college basketball. There really is, you know, no right or wrong way uh, to do it, no right or wrong answer. You know, it's all about time, personal taste, uh, and playing to your strengths, quite frankly. You know, we talk about that often as handicappers. I talk about it from time to time on this podcast that we need to play to our strengths. If we have a passion about a sport, if we have a love for a sport, we're probably going to be more diligent in our research. We're probably going to watch more games. We're probably going to uh, digest more articles, take in more information, and thus, uh, through proper application, become better handicappers of that particular sport. So certainly, uh, our taste, our, our likes are, you know, a big part of that, in my opinion. You know, we're going to talk, first of all, kind of about college basketball season starting. That's a, as good of a place to any as any to start talking about the 11 month of our calendar, the month of November, this month's or this week's rather podcast title for episode, I believe it's episode 78 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. But myself and others who've been at this for a while, we often preach about the importance of having multiple outs, multiple places to bet to give yourself the greatest opportunity for long-term success. You know, I might be a prisoner of the moment. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. But I think this might ring the truest, having multiple outs, when we're talking about betting college basketball, specifically early season college basketball. And this is the time of the year when the lines with so many teams 
almost about 350 teams, I think, play Division One basketball. Don't have my list right in front of me, but that, that's you know that's generally correct. So it stands to reason lines are going to be the soft, softest, and, and therefore you know be very volatile. There's going to be a lot of movement. Uh, you know, for purposes of this illustration, my point being, it's critical to have at least one shop, one sports book that posts overnight college basketball lines, you know, meaning that that book puts up numbers on all the games, hopefully, the day before the actual contests are played. Uh, I reside in the central time zone in the state of Texas, and I'm seeing overnights currently this season being posted. You know, I don't document the time maybe as precisely as I should, but I think they're being posted as early as 5 p.m. central most days. And those numbers, again, can move swiftly. You know, if you get up at 5 a.m. the following day, the day of the games, you know, you might think the early bird gets the worm. Uh, but some games, a lot of games, you're just going to be left, you know, rummaging through the crumbs. You know, you're going to be late to the party, so to you know, so to speak. So if you handicap college basketball at a serious level, especially early season college basketball, it's important to have a book that makes available to you overnight, overnight rather college basketball lines. You know, mistakes are going to be made. And more mistakes are obviously made early in the season than late. I think because now, more than ever, it's even more of a guessing game than it has historically been. And that's primarily due to the transfer portal. You know, you've got teams in college basketball where you only put five players on the court. You've got teams that might return... You know, we've always looked at returning starters and players with returning experience and that type of thing. You might see a team with one returning starter, and they might only have three holdovers total from last year's team, uh, and no one of those perhaps, you know, maybe averaged more than eight points a game last year. And you look at that team and you say, man, they are really inexperienced. But that team, I'm not saying they are, not every team, but some teams fitting those parameters might actually be improved. And that's largely because of the transfer portal. I mean, you can just make over your roster from one season to the next because of the portal. And, um, you know, some teams are going to jail uh, more quickly than other when they have a lot of new pieces. But certainly uh, teams can do basically an overnight transformation. So back to my original point, be sure you have access to college basketball overnight uh, lines. The exercise of winning is already difficult enough without making it harder than it has to be. You know, now let's talk uh, injuries. Um, you know, more specifically, again, injuries in college football in mid to late November. We kind of touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, but most college football teams by this point have likely played, you know, 10 regular season games. They have two regular season games remaining. Uh, in most cases, the injury list grows longer uh, as the season jogs steadily towards the end of the calendar. Uh, and for the, you know, again, the players that aren't, you know, quote unquote injured, you know, everyone in a playing role 
has bumps and bruises and aches and pains. Uh, if they were, you know, 100% at the start of the season, uh, there's something less today. You know, what I'm conveying, again, this time of year, more so than any other time of year, it's critical to have solid injury information. Absolutely critical as a – it's critical year-round. I mean, you need a lot of people handicapped and really don't pay much attention to, to injuries. And you can't – most people, you know, cannot – handicap just around the clock so they're going to have to kind of pick and choose what they deem important i think injuries are important following injuries especially key injuries to key players at key positions i think it's critical year round but it's even more so in the month of november because there's a higher volume of injuries and the reason it's critical as a handicapper is quite simply injuries are not always appropriately reflected in the point spread, in my opinion. Uh, in fact, you know, in, in, in line makers, people at, at uh, sports books in Las Vegas and other places, uh, they will admit that an injury to a non-quarterback, uh, even in the, you know, the hypothetical case of an All-American player, you know, at a non-quarterback or a non-skill position, that injury typically will have no impact, zero impact on the point spread, none. Uh, and while that is true, I think it stands to reason that the absence of one of an individual team's top performers, even if they're not a quarterback, it's going to have a negative impact on that team's performance in that individual game. We've got a game this week that I find quite interesting, Navy a 16-and-a-half-point underdog at Central Florida. They actually upset Central Florida last year as a 16-point home dog in Annapolis. Now they go to Orlando to play Navy, as a, uh, or now they go to Orlando, rather, not to play themselves, but to play Central Florida as a 16-and-a-half-point road underdog. So what's so unique or special about this game the midshipmen, they're likely down to their third-string quarterback. Um, looks like the, the guy who's going to start is going to be uh, Massey Mayner, uh, a guy who has not played a whole lot of football. He is kind of ironically or oddly might be the better word, more of a thrower than a runner, which is a little unique, a little strange when you consider that Navy's offense is the run-heavy, unique option offense, uh, you know, a little bit odd that you would have a guy who's considered more of a thrower, uh, but looks like Maynard is going to be the starter. He's thrown a grand total of 28 passes over three seasons, and this is probably as much as anything the result of being sacked in the passing game, but uh, for his career, he has 19 carries for negative one yard. So he's uh, thrown 28 career passes over the last three years. He's rushed for negative one yard. He's going to be Navy's starting quarterback. I think it's pretty clear at Central Florida on Saturday. Navy getting 16 and a half from Central Florida. Absent of injuries to the two top quarterbacks for Navy, I would make this line 16 and a half. So what I'm saying is the line is short, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily mean that, that Central Florida is going to cover, but I think the line should be closer to 20. 
Navy, in all fairness, and you've got to you know you've got to know these things when you're handicapping as well. By their standard, they have not had great quarterback this play this year. They didn't get great quarterback play last year. You know, a few years ago, we kind of became spoiled with Malcolm Perry, and then they've had others through the years, just outstanding uh, line of quarterbacks. But they hadn't had that the last couple of years. But even with that being the case and Maynard maybe not being as significant as a drop-off as you might normally see when you go to your third-team quarterback, it's still a drop-off. And 16.5, in my opinion, is too light, should be closer than 20. It should be closer to 20. And I think the linemaker, I don't know if they have failed to get that information, if they don't agree with my take that Maynard's going to be the guy. Because it is murky. Again, you got to read the tea leaves. You got to kind of have a feel for it. You got to read a lot of newspapers, taking a lot of content, things like that. But I think Maynard's going to be the guy for Navy. Very inexperienced, not a great runner. Navy does not have many offensive weapons. I think 16 and a half is too short. Then we're going to talk about the weather a little bit here. You know, two weeks ago, the first weekend in November, Man, there was a lot of wind throughout the uh, the Midwestern part of the country, primarily if you remember, and uh, a, lot, a lot of unders came in. So if you did your homework, if you followed the weather, uh, if you stayed on top of it, you probably did well there. But one game in particular, if you watch the Ohio State at Northwestern game there in Evanston, uh, Ryan Field, 30-mile-an-hour winds, blowing rain. Ohio State, I mean, they are prolific offensively. And Northwestern, frankly, is not very good offensively or defensively this year. Ohio State only wins that game 21-7, to 13 first downs. Buckeyes only 283 total yards. Uh, Ryan Day, one of his quotes after the game, I've never been around conditions like this. And also, quote, I'm glad this game is over with. So the underdog and the under. When you get bad weather like that, especially a big underdog like Northwestern was in this case, that's just kind of generally, you know, the way you would go. Uh, and it worked out uh, in perfect form in that particular game. But there was a lot of wind two weeks ago. This weekend, again, primarily in the Midwest, man, there are some frigid temperatures predicted for Saturday's games. Um, just, a, a, you know, different places, Purdue, um, Iowa State host Texas Tech. The high temperature, I think, is supposed to be below 20 there. Uh, the Texas at Kansas game is going to be very cold. Uh, just a number of um, places in the Midwest, again, where it's going to be below freezing. The wind does not look like it's going to be as much of a factor as it was two weeks ago. And really, the wind is what you look for, especially when you play unders more so even than the, than the rain. But I think the cold, this type of bitter cold, I think it poses problems. I don't think offenses play at the same pace. I don't think they unveil or, um, unveil or show their entire offensive repertoire. I think you play closer to the vest. I don't think you throw the ball vertically as much. I would love to do an extensive study or have somebody do it because I don't have that good of a database, but an extensive study of, of games played at certain temperature ranges with certain wind ranges and things like that and see if there's fewer plays on average than the participating teams would normally have 
fewer passes downfield, a higher percentage of runs, just all the, the things that you could throw into it, just see how those games are played compared to their, you know, their mean game, their standard game. I think that would be uh, interesting, but I'm kind of a stat nerd and a college football guy, so I find some things interesting uh, that some people probably don't find interesting at all, but that would be interesting to me. I'm going to do a quick uh, promo now for my uh, – Service Paul Stone Sports, a shameless plug. Uh, And after a pretty unspectacular start to the 2022 college football season, I finally kind of found my my sweet spot in college football. Eight and two against the spread two weeks ago, and then five and two against the spread this past weekend, making Paul Stone Sports 13 and four against the spread over the past two weeks. Again, college basketball now well underway uh, through yesterday's results. Yesterday being Tuesday, November 15th. 10 and 9, a modest 10 and 9 against the spread uh, as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. But we've had some really neat, uh, uh, some big underdogs. I had two underdogs yesterday, double digit underdogs that both won outright. Uh, those dogs being Prairie View AM and Alcorn State. Both won outright as double-digit underdogs for Paul Stone Sports. In college football, the past two weeks, staying on this underdog theme, I've released seven underdogs of seven or more points. So seven of my releases have been on underdogs of seven or more points. All seven have covered the spread, but five of those underdogs of seven or more points have won outright. So five of those seven Relatively large dogs have won all outright. All seven have covered. I'm seeing the ball really well right now. Uh, a little confidence. Uh, never hurt anybody. It can go a long way in this business. Uh, if interested in my college football or college basketball, please visit paulstonesports.org. Uh, there you're going to find all my college football selections all the way through the national championship game uh, for just $199. My combo package, college football, college basketball, $349, several other packages as well. Again, if interested, please visit paulstonesports.org. Going to give out a comp selection uh, now and then call it a uh, day for episode 78 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Looking at a game between two independents, Connecticut and Army. Game's going to be played uh, at West Point. And the first question I ask is, who's done a better job coaching this year than UConn first-year head coach Jim Mora, Jr.? I mean, that program was a program that was left for dead. Uh, Calls within the community and the administration to drop to the FCS level. And some calls to even drop football altogether, totally. But last week, with its upset of Liberty as a two-touchdown underdog, and that was one of my releases, UConn, now bowl eligible. And it's previous to, to talk about Liberty. Liberty, many of you know, they're a very good independent program. In their previous two games leading up to being defeated by UConn last week, Liberty, two games before, they scored 38 unanswered points and beat BYU 41-14 at home. 
And then the previous game, Liberty went on the road and upset Arkansas 21-19 as a two-touchdown underdog. The market has undervalued UConn all season. I believe it continues to do so. The Huskies have covered seven straight games against the number. They are 9-2 and two against the spread on the year. Army is not in its preferred point spread role as a favorite. The Cadets only 24-34 and 34 against the spread as a favorite since the start of 2012. Army giving 10 points in this game. Actually made the line 7.5. Doesn't look like Army... Uh, Big Army running back, bruising fullback Jacoby Buchanan is going to play, apparently out with an LCL injury. So that shows you the importance of of keeping up with your injuries. UConn, a double-digit underdog, getting 10 points. Take UConn this Saturday, plus 10, over Army. Well, that does it with uh, another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you joining me. This season has really flown by, but it's been a fun season. It's been an exciting season and so much college football. I love the Bowls, still love the Bowls, and those are obviously still to come. Until next time, signing off. Once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 